You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. So we're finishing our series. Um, it's like a long finish to our series. We've been doing a series called The Church That Jesus Is Building. We want to finish the series um, by unpacking this idea, the church that Jesus is building is revival ready. Is revival ready. So I want to invite you this morning to come take a seat at the table with us, to come eat of the presence of the Lord. Um, open your hearts to feast with us. We, we don't, one of the things that I, I, I don't want to preach at you about revival. I don't want to sort of preach at you about this. We want to come into a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want to ask him to stir a hunger in our hearts for more of him, to be awakened to his presence, to be marked by him. And so just a creative uh, sort of picture, I guess, for us this morning of coming to sit at the table, to eat of him, to be marked by him, to stir a, 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 a hunger in us. We can't do anything without the empowering presence of the Spirit. There's nothing we can do in the kingdom without the empowering presence of the Spirit. So I'm going to invite this morning Gabby and Paul to come up and join me, and we're going to sit at the table and invite you to take your seat at the table as well. Up you come. Why don't we welcome them? Over the next few weeks, we're going to invite some different people to come and sit at the table with us. Afterwards, if you want some grapes, you can come and have some. Um, we're going to invite some different people over the coming weeks um, to share, and we're going we're to discuss and talk around some different things about revival. What does it mean to be revival ready? What does it look like? Um, also, one of the things we want to do during this series is actually ask us as a church to fast and pray, to set aside a day a week, more if you'd like, um, a time to fast and pray. And so we're going to set aside Wednesday. If you can fast on Wednesday with us and pray with us that we would see more of his presence, that'd be amazing. If you can't do Wednesday, do another day. Um, we're not locked into it's that or nothing, but we want to regularly during this series, and this series is going to be four weeks, um, spend time fasting and praying and asking God for more of his presence and that we would see him and that we would know him. So let's jump right in. I want to ask these guys um, my first question, and maybe we can start uh, with you, Gabby, is what is revival? How would you define revival? I would define revival as, as the sovereign outpouring, like the suddenly of God. So Acts 2, where they were gathered and they were doing, the disciples were gathered and they were doing what they knew to do with all their heart. They were worshipping, they were praying, and they were waiting. And, and there's moments in time in history where there's a sovereign outpouring, where the Holy Spirit meets us at our hunger mm. and he comes. And so there's a suddenly that he comes with. And it's, we can't make it. We can't fabricate it. Very we good. can just position ourselves and be hungry for the more of him Very because good. it's him. When revival happens, Jesus steps in and he gets really real. And one of the scriptures I just had really quickly in relation to this is, is basically revival means to bring something back to life. Like mm -hmm. if you looked at what it was, it's to bring something dead back to life. 
Love and that. John 11, 11 is what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. And if you're at prayer, um, Matt prayed this, which is awesome. John 11, 11, if you're someone who sees numbers and you see ones a lot, think of this one. Uh, this is what 11, 11 is. John 11, 11. Jesus says this, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going to wake him up. Mm. That is the essence of revival, is Jesus yep. loved Lazarus. Jesus loves his church, and he's coming to wake us up. I love that. Very good. Paul, how would you define revival? <laughs> Not much to add to that. <laughs> if you can follow that. <laughs> in, in its purest form, uh, if you think in the natural, to revive something is that it's something that has gone dead, that is dead. You know, when you look at ER or one of the medical shows, this is a person who's lost their life. They're still there, but the heartbeat is not beating anymore. Revival is about bringing them, it's the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, jump-starting their heart again, jump-starting us back to that place of life in the Holy Spirit. So revival means just to bring us back to that awakening of the person, the presence, and the power of Jesus Christ, mm. where He has the Lordship of everything. It's a, and all of our senses, our five senses, our lifestyle, everything then gets revived back to the, the focus. It's prioritizing all that I am is in back in, into that relationship with King Jesus. Nothing matters than the very presence of Jesus. So to be revived into, to put in the words of Revelation to our first love with wow. Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that. Being awakened to the presence of God. Robert Coleman says revival is the awakening or the quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. The awakening or the quickening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. Another definition that I read is a spiritual awakening from dormancy or stagnation. And can I be honest with us that while we celebrate what God's doing in our midst and we celebrate the testimonies, there can be at times a dormancy or a, you know, we, we can at times go to sleep to the things that God wants for us. And we have to be a people, I believe, who are saying, God, wake us up. Let us be fully awake, fully aware, fully quickened to what you want to do, to your presence in us. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of, uh, of scriptures already, John 11, about calling Lazarus out. But, but what does the Bible say about revival? Sure. Um, just as a, just kind of as a precursor. Uh, I was preparing for now. I just the Lord brought me to Daniel chapter seven. The book of Daniel is part of the prophetic literature, and it says this in Daniel seven twenty five. In the last days, He will take those who rise for the kingdom, and He'll weary the saints. Mm. He'll exhaust the saints. He'll numb the heart of the saints of of the saints. And so He's always trying to numb us. Whereas the Spirit is trying to bring John ten life and life to abundance. And so, Beautiful. just a couple of scriptures with that that I really like. Psalm 85, 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And so the heartbeat of God is always uh, to revive us. There are 16 instances in the Old and New Testament where there is mighty moves of revival. And one of the great ones I was reading is in, 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 in um, not in Joel at all, uh, in, in the whale, well, um, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. <laughs> uh, and Nineveh, Nineveh is one of the greatest revivals in the Old Testament where, where he sends the prophet of God into a wicked city. 
Nineveh is today's Mogul, if you know Mogul in, 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 uh, in the Middle East. And, and revival is about bringing the Spirit of God into the weakness of the world and turning the hearts of a whole environment back to God. Amazing. I've got plenty more. Over to you. So many. We can bounce back and forth. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just thinking when you're saying that, it, it, the scripture that is in Joel, that then quoted in, in yep. Acts, is um, that he's going to pour out, God's going to pour out his spirit on all people. And then he's turning the hearts, you know, of, of the fathers back to the children, the children back to the fathers. There's a, um, uh, just an outpouring that happens with his presence where, you know, sons and daughters prophesy, sons and daughters rise up. Like the, the church begins to look like the church uh, that we're supposed to look like. One of the um, scriptures that I had in mind, um, apart from this one and I can't remember where it is you know um, just anyway I'll say the one I know Acts 319 um, mm. says this now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away then times of refreshment or yep. refreshing will yep. come from Very the good. presence of the Lord and so there's some keys in there that I won't unpack now but times of refreshing come and that's what happens when revival renewal this awakening this encounter the fresh encounter with Jesus there's a refreshing that happens in the church and um, it's it's really amazing yeah. it's exciting it's so needed yeah, absolutely. One of the other great illustrations is from Josiah in the Old Testament, and he brings back the book, the book of the law. Sorry, the book of the law. Thanks, Matt. And uh, and worship and the people, uh, and the people. Even in Ezra days, they when when they are faced with the presence of God, they turn their faces from evil back to God, and there's an eruption in the whole city. There's there's an awakening. So revival is both individual, but it's corporate. Yeah. And then that. from corporate, it's churches. And then from churches, it takes over city and nations. Yep. Uh, if you look at the history, uh, even of revivals from 1734, the Great Awakenings uh, in, 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 you know, in America, and then the Whitfields and, and all the great revivalists, it was just a, a running of repentance to God. But then in, in the 1904 Welsh Revival, there's such a transformation of, of the whole city and the nations because an individual, a church, Churches turn back to God, and I just love that. I love that. It's, it's, such a, it's such a biblical thing to cry out for the presence of God to mark us so that we're transformed to transform a city. You see it from Acts chapter 2. Jesus says, go and wait, because I'm going to go to the Father. Wait for the Helper, the, Ho the Holy Spirit, to come. And so the disciples gather in a room, and I can assume yeah, they're waiting. They're probably worshiping, but they're probably, yeah, I don't think it was like they were there for 10 minutes. There was some waiting going on. There was probably some life happening. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And it says, as if tongues of fire descended upon them. We talk about being marked by the presence of God. I mean, when they looked at each other and were like, there's fire on your head. Um, yeah, that to me is like, be too scared to yes, I, I don't even know if they said it. They were probably like, oh my gosh, can you see that? Like, but what happens is they begin to speak in tongues. And people outside of the building hear them speaking in tongues. Yep. And it says some of them heard them speaking in their own tongues, but others just heard them speaking in tongues. And there's a commotion that takes place. You can imagine like, you know, imagine this happening. And the city is in, is in turmoil. People begin to gather. And then Peter stands up from that place, having encountered the presence of God, and preaches the gospel. And it says that 3,000 were added to their number that day. Which means that there had to have been more than 3,000 that were gathered there. Yep. So, I mean, that's a big group of people. Imagine if, it, you know, if the Holy Spirit came like that right now in this gathering, and there's a commotion, there's a rumbling, and people from around 
Hallam and Dandenong and neighboring suburbs begin to hear, and we go outside after this, and there's like 10,000 people. Come on. I mean, just think about this, because this is what happened. I mean, they were in a room. Imagine there's 10,000 people, and we go, what are we, why are you guys here? And we, we could, we heard something was happening. Imagine we went out and there's just fire above the building and people were like, what's going on? And so then we go out and there's all these people going, what's going on? So we go, Mark, stand up and preach the gospel. Yeah. He stands up and begins to preach the gospel and 3,000 people get, get saved. There's a transformation and that's always been God's intention. So when we talk about revival, it's not some nebulous idea. It's not some like new Christian th- you know, catchphrase. It's been God's God's intention from the very beginning that we would be awakened or revived to be aware of his presence. Yeah. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite scriptures around this is Ephesians 5 verse 14. It says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Talks about, before that, dealing with sin. Dealing, like we just sung about laying things down. Dealing with the things that stop us from coming into his presence. Yep. And it says, awake, O sleeper. Awake, wake up, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What a beautiful scripture. There's a partnership for us in this thing of responding to God. As we worship, as we pray, in partnering with his presence, we often say that God wants our yes. It's not a silent yes. Can I just, can I say that this morning? It's an out loud yes. It's a yes of action. It's a yes of obedience. It's a yes of response to him. Yes. <laughs> good. Very good. Do you have another? Another scripture? Yeah. No? Okay, cool. I just thought you were tapping as in like... I'm buzzing. Buzzing. I've got good. so much in me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, jump to, let's, let's jump to this. What does revival look like in us and then beyond us? What does revival look like in us and beyond us. Gabby. Yeah, revival looks like being made alive to Jesus. I mean, it's so basic, and we think we're alive until he comes and he encounters us with mm. his very real manifested presence. It's like the paddles go on. It's like the, the um, what do you call it, defrib machine. It's just like, yeah. and suddenly it's like, oh, the breath of God, the ruach, the very breath of God enters and we're suddenly so aware and so alert and so alive to Jesus that actually nothing else matters. We can sing it, we can say it, but until he comes and encounters us, Mm. there's not really a reality to it. And I can only say that because it's happened to me. Because I've lived through some moves of God and he's actually ongoingly, it set me up, marked me actually. The moves I've been through, um, like say when Toronto happened Mm. in the 90s, um, Pensacola happened happened. There was um, different emphasis, you know, the Father's heart in one. There was holiness and repentance on the other. I mean, God reveals different areas he wants to emphasize during different Mm. moves. But when those happened, I was marked. Like, there was so much I desired and wanted until he just suddenly grabbed me, and it didn't look pretty. Let me tell you, it was messy, it was undignified, and sometimes that's what happens when his presence gets reeled, real. We just, but how hungry are we? And I was Very so good. hungry, and the Holy Spirit met me in the most, we don't have time to share um, the most radical, hopefully we get to share some real stories of, of real, you know, journeys yeah. um, over the course of this, this um, definitely series. Definitely. But um, it marked me, and I had the, I fell in love with Jesus in a way. This is the personal mm. side. You fall in love with Jesus 
so that nothing else, everything pale, pales in comparison, everything, yeah. everything. And it set me up to go after the pursuit of one thing, of him. I became what I like to call a God chaser. I just was <laughs> desperate and hungry, and I'm still like that. Like, I haven't changed. I'm still desperate and hungry. And doing a series like this is because we know there's the rumblings of revival. It's coming again. Mm. The marks are all there. The signs are all there. And that's why we're like, let's get everyone ready. And hopefully you're starting to get a bit hungry and go, there's more. That's my life's cry. There's more. There's more. And to look like on a people, it's it's the same thing. It's just magnified. Instead of one person who looks crazy in love with Jesus, suddenly there's a hundred (laughs) people who are crazy, wild lovers of Jesus. The Jesus people movement. I mean, you just go into Google and just have a look. They were marked. I mean, it was noticed by the world. Every time God moves, there's a noticeable um, mark on a people. They were crazy. They were wild. They got out of the box. They were hippies. You know, the Jesus people (laughs) movement in the 70s, they could not stop talking about Jesus. And I know someone from that time said once, you could practically say peanut butter to someone and they'd get saved. There was such an (laughs) atmosphere. But like what Matt was saying, you know, um, it's not just praying in tongues that brings a people. Yeah. We pray in tongues and we yeah. love that and we'll keep doing that, but we've not had people gather. It's a supernatural sound yeah. that's released when yep. revival comes and the Holy Spirit puts a call out yeah. and the people out there begin to hear, I'm hungry, I'm desperate, I yeah. need Jesus, I'm hopeless. And there's a drawing supernaturally. There's a yep. drawing by those around in the world. I love that. Can I say, I, I love you, what you said is revival in itself is not the focus. We should know this because we talk about it all the time. Jesus is the focus. But we need to be revived. We need to be awakened to the reality of his presence with us so that he stays the focus. That we're not distracted by other things. That we're not, you know, when when the reality of his presence becomes real to us, we can't just play the Sunday morning church game. We don't just show up every now and then when we feel like it, tick the box and go, yep, I've done my church thing. It's every day, all the time, full of his presence, ministering to others, seeing his presence come through us to touch others. And we're seeing that. We're seeing parts of that. We're seeing a taste of it. But our cry is, God, give us more. Let us see more. Let us see more of you. Let us behold your face. Let us look into your eyes. Let us be marked by your presence. That when other people see us, they go, something different. Your face is shining. There's fire on your head. Whatever it it is, the different pictures from the scripture. And they see him. Not a church. Not even us. It's not even, you know, it's not even John Woff. It's Jesus. It's not Matt, it's Jesus. It's not Melbourne Lights, it's Jesus. A people who are revived. Love it. What does it look like, Paul? Amen, bring it on. (laughs) You know, when you hear this, you just want to stop and say, now, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, Lord. Yeah. Um, You know, can I just encourage you, a great book out there by Jeff Waugh called uh, Revival Fires, and uh, just to encourage you and spur you on, and I've read it many times, and... uh, in nine, in, we were in 1994, Monica and I had the privilege of being on the first Sunday where the Toronto blessing erupted uh, in Australia. And uh, we, we, just saw, we just saw this. We just saw God erupt in power. Cool. And I'll never forget when a murderer uh, walked into our building. His name was Hoss. And uh, he was six foot eight, 
big guy had murdered a police officer. He had did time for murder. And then he came, he came and he walked into the building and he was radically, radically saved by Jesus. Come on. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, he, he, he got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and baptized in water all on that same morning. We had pool ready all the time. And, and Hoss weighed 130 kilograms, 140. <laughs> and uh, we were some of the catchers to try to catch him when he went down. We just moved away and he just went down. <laughs> he went back to prison because of something silly. He led hundreds to Christ wow. back in prison. Wow. Uh, wow. Just a couple, a couple of things. Um, what does revival look like? It always comes in times of real moral decline and darkness. Mm. We are there now. My friends, we're there now. You are called to be the light of the world. We are the light. We're not going to hide anything. We're not intimidated. But uh, what does it look like? A radical passion for King Jesus. A radical rid of sin where we are just so aware that I'm not going to let anything get in the way of Jesus. Nothing. A radical awareness of Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who's present. A radical awareness of the clash of the kingdoms. We are a kingdom at war. And revival brings it, there's a heightened sense of the work of the demonic powers, of the oppressive powers of the evil one. Mm. And there's a people, we never, ever, you know, get intimidated by the work of the evil one because at the cross, Jesus already paid the price. Amen? Yeah. But, but we see it. And when revival comes, there's just an authority and a power on, the, on, on each believer uh, in areas like even, even sickness and depression and, and anxiety, these, these demons of, of sickness. You know, there is a demonic oppressive force that comes. And in revival, the spirit of the living God says, enough. Yeah. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. And then there's a radical heart for the sinners and the sick in our community. We just see them. It's kind of all of a sudden, bang, our eyes are opened and we see them and we prophesy. We, we had a beautiful Muslim couple come for dinner the other night and we just share the love of Jesus with them. There's no fear. Oh, what will they say? Well, there's nothing. You're so convinced yes. that whatever is from Jesus is going to transform them. That for me is revival. We are living as little Jesus, if I can put it that way, without blasphemy in yeah. our community. So aware about the presence of Jesus that nothing else will do. And people are attractive. Yes. The hosses yes. of this world are just on the other side of our obedience are ready. Yes. Amen. I love that. Are we ready? Yeah. Really? Are you ready? This isn't a, this isn't a, yeah, the eldership team, deacons, discipleship group leaders. This is a cry of all of our hearts. Are you ready for Sundays to be messy? Are you ready to not be able to leave your bag on the seat because someone's going to steal your stuff? And then they're going to get convicted by the Holy Spirit <laughs> and radically saved. Honestly, church, we, we, we really like comfortable, safe church, don't we? We really like to know everyone, let our kids run around wherever they want. Leave our stuff. We like neat rows. We like ordered worship. Are we ready for the Holy Spirit to mess up our comfort zones? Because when we get hungry for more of Him, that's the, that's the reality behind it. It's like, 
yeah, God, I want revival. But then as he starts to move, so often we go, no, 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 But not every week. Like, <laughs> not like that. Not like that. Don't mess my stuff up, God. I'm a, I, somebody's sitting in my seat. There is, there is no seats. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, are we, are we really ready? And I hope that our, our cry is, yes, we might not even know what that fully looks like. But our heart's cry is, yes, Lord, we want more of you. Can I just jump in? I remember this incredible story in, in the 1980s. And uh, I had the most beautiful little pastor. And by little is compared to me, most people Everybody's are, are shorter. To you. <laughs> he was five foot one, Lionel Johnson. And uh, he paid a price. He was the first Baptist man in Australia to go after revival. And they took away his accreditation because he said, no, nah, I will not compromise with this. But one aspect he said to the church, show me where you put your treasures. And if Jesus is not on the throne of your money, your sexuality and everything... Don't ask for revival because revival will demand everything for the Lordship of Christ. And I still remember that. I still remember. And he hugged me and he said, Paul, are you ready to submit everything that you have? He said, you're very arrogant, Paul. He said, you're very arrogant. But God could use an arrogant man like you for revival if you will submit and give him everything. And I remember going home and I said, how dare that little man talk to me like that? <laughs> 35, 40 years later, I treasure the words of a man who paid the, the, the absolute price for revival today. He will demand, God will demand your everything for revival. I love that. To be marked by his presence. In 1 Samuel 21, verse 6, Matthew 12, verse 4, it talks about the showbread or the bread of the presence that was in the temple. There's a reason this isn't just for show, that we put bread out here. Because Jesus is the bread of the presence, and he invites us to come partake of him. It says this in John 6, verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. His invitation for us, as we look at today, but over the coming weeks, what does it look like to be revival ready, to prepare our hearts, to get in that place of saying, here I am, Lord, use me, Lord, send me, is to come and eat of him to come and partake, to come hungry, to come thirsty. One of the things around the, the more nights, the reason that we, that we started doing more nights or that Gabby and Dave opened their home and started doing them in their home um, was to let the hungry come. Yeah, it's a catch cry. Yeah. It's a catch cry. Just let the hungry come. It doesn't matter if they're in our church or in another church or not in a church or, you know, broken or hurting. Let the hungry come because it's about him. He wants to awaken hunger in us for more of his tangible presence. He wants to awaken hunger in you. I look around the room and there's some people who are like, I am hungry. And there's others who are like, that you actually are dead spiritually. And he wants to awaken you today. He wants to awaken you to his presence. I think we're going to 
we're going to respond. We're going to respond. Can we, can you close your eyes? That's where you're at for a minute. Lord, we thank you that for all of us there's an awakening today. Mark us with your presence, Lord. We don't want to play games with you anymore. No, we don't want to be a people who come and tick a religious box on a Sunday morning once a month, once a fortnight, every now and then, even every week. We want to be a people every day who live so aware of your presence. Lord, we want to be a people, a catalyst for revival to come to our city and to our nation. Yes, why not us, Lord? Yes, Lord. Lord, why not us? Can we say together, Lord, would you use us? Why not us? Why not us, Lord? Would you mark us with your presence? Would you begin to lift your voice up where you are this morning and say, Lord, would you anoint me afresh? Awaken me to your presence. Lord, let revival come in our midst, Lord. Lord, revive us. Awaken us spiritually to be so aware of your presence, Lord. Lord, to be aware of you every day, in every situation. Lord, but would you dial it up? Would you increase, Lord? Lord, we're not satisfied, Lord. While, we're, Lord, while we are satisfied in you, we're not satisfied, Lord, with the state, Lord, of our city. We're not satisfied, Lord, with the state, Lord, even of the church, Lord. We want more of you. We want to be a people who walk in intimacy with you. Lord, even as we sang this morning, Lord, we lay down right now, we lay down anything that is distracting. We lay down those things. Lord, I rebuke, Lord, the, even the distractions of the enemy, the things that he's, that he's sending out there that's trying to grab your attention. Let us be single focused on you. Captivate our hearts. Let's feel like there's, there, there's, there's a few, maybe many here today. And it's like you feel like every time you go to pray or every time you go to worship or you try and spend time with the Lord that there's just distraction, 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 other thoughts, other things. Um, you know, there's blockages. And I just want to say right now in Jesus' name, we say blockages be gone in Jesus' name. That's right. Blockages be gone. Amen. We silence the voice That's of the Lord, enemy. We Lord, we thank you for an intimacy in peoplehood. Lord, we thank you for an intimacy with you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For some today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And he's calling you today to follow him. He's calling you to make him Lord. That's right. Not just friend. He is friend, but Lord. That he, that you dethrone yourself from the, the, the king's seat of your life. And he takes that spot as Lord, yes, Lord to repent, to turn away from the wrong you've done. Revival means we, that Jesus gets really real. There's real repentance. There's real realities of saying, I, I, I can't live like this anymore. I can't, I can't play the games anymore. He wants to bring you into yeah. his kingdom today. Yeah. He's, calling, he's calling some prodigals back. If you don't know that word prodigal, it's that maybe you walked with him. You were in the house, but you've actually walked away. And he's saying it's time to come home. 
It's time to come back, as Paul said, to your first love. Not to play games, not to make Jesus just part of a whole lot of other things, but to first love. He wants to awaken you to his presence, and he wants to mark you, to give you new identity and new calling. So if you know that Jesus is calling you to make him the Lord of your life, whether it's for the first time or is calling you back, I want to invite you to respond to him today. And then I'm going to ask Paul and Gabby to pray for all of us for an awakening. We're going to respond. But if you know you need to respond, you need to make him the Lord of your life, or you know that you've been playing games and you need to come back to him, it's time to come home and say, it's all about you. Lord, forgive me. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.